Hey, this is Bruce. I'm the pastor of the Word Church, Kimberley. I'm so glad that you're joining us on our podcast today. I trust that Jesus will speak to your heart, that you'll be strengthened with faith, and that you'll experience the breakthrough that you're looking for. Enjoy the message. Just some recap on what we were speaking about last week. Um, identity is a big subject that we need to hammer and preach on often in, um, in the church. It's important that you know who you are in Christ Jesus. And it's very, very, very important that you know that you have identity. You know, sometimes we preach, uh, for example, the word Christian means Christ-like, and we can misunderstand that like, like there's a problem with who we are, like our identity, like there's a problem with who Bruce is and the way Bruce does things. But God has got no problem with who you are. He wants you to, to be an expression of His glory through to you, you know, so um, it's Christ in you. And so to be a Christian doesn't mean you have to grow long hair and have a beard and, you know, look like it in that sense. Christ-like, uh, we'll, we'll speak about that in, in the, the message, but it's a bit of, it's, a, it's holiness, it's righteousness, it's um, what Andre said, it's royalty, it's, uh, it's everything that, that that He is, but that's manifest in your life and expressed through who you are. But uh, if you go to church, we all know what it's like to put our church faces on, right? And then we go to work and we put our work faces on, you know? And so we can cope in different environments. We can become like different, different people. But we shouldn't. We need, to, we need to be so comfortable with who we are um, in Christ, obviously. So when I say that you must be you. That doesn't mean that there is not a calling to a higher life. That doesn't mean that God isn't calling you in, into holiness. To, we must know that there is, that when we are in Christ, that there is a demand on our lives. And you find that in Revelation chapter 4, where Jesus says, come up higher. Come up higher. You know, come up. Get a bit, start thinking different. Think higher, a higher thought and a higher life. Don't just stay in, in there. Last year we spoke about um, how believers like to stay in this mode where they need rescue the whole time. Rescue me, save me, rescue me, save me. But even before Jesus died on the cross, he would talk to his disciples and he'd say, why do you have little faith? You know, why don't you believe? What's wrong with you? Come on, I'm, I'm with you. Have some faith. Believe. So even before the, um, the new birth of the new man, there was a demand on natural men to, to push for, for a higher life. Come on, Christians, believers, we need to push for a higher life. And it's so easy for us just to stay in this rescue mode. Save me, Lord. Help me, Lord. Rescue me, Lord. But there is a demand. There is a calling on all of our lives to, to live higher. You know, um, to, when... When prayer should be your first resort and not your last resort. When prophesying should be the first thing. You know, like, that should be our go-to instinct always uh, and not our last. It, the, the supernatural, or let's rather say the spiritual, is, is supposed to be part of who we are. It's supposed to be, it's, it's our new life in Christ. Okay, so I want to speak about that, but... Let's just address the pressure 
of masks. Remember last week we, we said the Greek word for personality is mask. So you can, you can change it like you want to. People may know you different in different kinds of ways. Um, you might have your church face on this morning, and I can, I can go and I have a chat with the people in your workplace, and I think, yes, like, man, Adrian is such a nice guy. Church attendance is, is great, and then you go to work with that guy that curses like that, that guy that, you know, nah, yeah, that guy. So what we do is we have our little church faces and our masks, and we can change that. But, um, but yeah, that's, that's where we need to come into our identity of who we are. Who are you? You know, who are you? All right. For the silence, let us turn to Ephesians, and we will read from chapter, chapter 5 this morning. When you're in chapter 5, go to chapter 4. That's what I really meant. So what's the theme for the year? It's grow. We're going to grow. That's our theme for the year. We're going to grow. Um, all right, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 7. But to each one of us, grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. Therefore, it says, when he ascended on high, he captured captives, he gave gifts to men. Now, what is the meaning of he ascended, except that he also descended to the lower regions, namely the earth? He, the very one who descended, is the one who ascended above all things in order to fill all things. And he himself gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers to equip the saints. All right, so you have to be equipped to equip the saints for the work of ministry, to build up the body of Christ until we all attain. Come on, that's you, that's me, that's all of us. Until we all attain to the unity of faith. Wow, what would that look like? And of the knowledge of the Son of God. Wow. A mature person. Oh my goodness. Wow. He's calling me to, to unity of faith, to the knowledge of the Son of God. He's calling me to maturity, attaining the measure of Christ's full stature. Oh my goodness. Come on. That means that you can't just come to church every Sunday. Come on. That nudge your neighbor and tell him you have to change. You have to, you have to grow up. You have to grow up. We have to grow up. All right? Come on. Turn to them. Say, grow up. Grow up. Okay, so he says, so, we are no longer to be children, tossed to and fro. And I mean, there's great times in our lives, you know, like the day you discover Christ. It's amazing. It's incredible. But it doesn't stop there. You know, it's, it's a problem for me. Sometimes, uh, I remember growing up, in church like and seeing people give their life to Jesus on a Sunday and then three months later I see them giving their life to Jesus on a Sunday again the same people and then two years later giving their lives to Jesus on a Sunday and I'm like 
Okay? And I don't think a lot of believers know how to, where do we go from that point? And I think a lot of the problem is because we think, okay, I must be saved to go to heaven. And we don't understand, wait, no, you're saved because he wants you to be Christ-like. He wants you to have authority. He wants you to, we say, rule and reign. He wants you to do better and have more of an impact in this world, on earth, for as long as that must be. And we have this idea that salvation is just about fire insurance, making sure you don't burn. And people don't know, well, okay, so I'm saved, but what now? I think T.D. Jakes preached a great message on, okay, I'm saved, what now? What now? Well, you've got to grow. You've got to grow. You've got to change. You've got to mature. I've got to mature. And, and it, it doesn't look like maturity doesn't look like your favorite televangelist or the guy on TV. It's, it's maturity is you in your full potential. It's you. It's, it's, it's Christ in you. It's you doing what you do, but with Christ's full plan and you walking in it as a manifested son of God. Come on, do you want to you wanna be that? Come on, I want to be that. I, I, I have to accept that call for a higher life. Amen? So what, uh, we put out a video this week. Um, uh, I was thinking about this new song. I don't know how many guys heard No One by Elevation. Love the song. Yahweh, holy is your name. Hey? There we go. Good. I don't want to take it in vain. And then this, there's this one part that, that says, who can, who can heal all our sicknesses and forgive our sins? And then everyone shouts, no one, no one, no one. It's great, no? But then there's this part where he says, and who, who can walk on the water? And then they say, no one, no one. And I'm thinking to myself, I wonder how Peter feels when, when we sing that song. Because we always associate Peter with the guy who sank. The natural man who sank. He walked on water. Peter walked on water. A natural man walked on water. By the way, have you read the Old Testament and had a look and see what those prophets did, like Elijah and Elisha, what they achieved by faith? And we say, Jesus, only you can do it, only you can do it, you can do all these things. And Jesus said, no, the works that I do will you do also, and greater works. I thought, like, how far is our mind unrenewed and how much must we see to get to the point where as a church we can believe because i think if we had really admit and we show the condition of our hearts maybe we'll all admit yes lord i don't know if i believe that i don't know if i believe i don't know if i could believe so many of us have, have experienced so much disappointments that we don't want to even take a step of faith I hope I'm talking to, to you all. I'm talking to me as well. Because I know that the calling on our life is a high calling. And the ultimate in Christianity is not, is not a degree in theology. 
it's 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 Christ in you. It's Christ manifest in you, expressed through you. Amen. Come on, man. Imagine, imagine that. And it's something you need to put on for today. So um, let's go to John 15. John 15, where he says, I am the vine, you are the branches. Once preached the great message on, uh, took it out of Peter, where he said that you can be partakers of the divine life. So I just said that you'll be partakers of divine life. It's divine. You are divine. No, he's divine and we are the branches. Okay. <laughs> I love it. Sometimes it's just, I don't know if it's a Sunday thing, but the dad jokes don't. Uh, John 15, verse 1. I am the true vine. My father is the gardener. He takes away every branch that does not bear fruit in me. He prunes every branch that bears fruit so that it will be more fruit, that it will bear more fruit. You are clean already because of the word that I've spoken to you. Remain in me and I will remain in you. Remain in me and I will remain in you. Just as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself, unless it remains in the vine. So, neither you can unless you remain in me. The King James Version might say, you can do nothing without me. Okay? You can do nothing without me. Okay, that's verse 5. I am the vine, you are the branches. The one who remains in me and I in him bears much fruit, because apart from me you can accomplish nothing. You can accomplish nothing apart from Jesus. Now, I wonder what that's speaking of, because we accomplish a couple of things in our lives, right? So, we sing, just back to that song, nobody else can do these things, Lord, only you. And we know that. But you, surely, if you're in Jesus, you can do something. Come on, listen to me. Surely, if you're in the vine... You can do more than what you do when you're outside the vine. I know we can't do anything without Jesus. And, and I don't like the entitlement that sometimes comes like, I can do all things and, and I will have everything. And, but I think a mature approach is, is that if I am in Christ, that the same life that flows through the vine flows through me. And if that doesn't make you think and make you somehow hungry to see the impossible happen in your life. I don't know. Maybe we must do another altar call and be say, get saved again. But some, somehow something in you needs to stir in you when you hear that. It said, okay, so if I'm in Christ, there is certain fruit that's supposed to happen in my life as a result of being plugged into Him. 
what does that look like? Well, let's have a look at the picture of Christ's life. What did he do? He changed things. And he, he, he brought solutions to, to the world. He healed the sick. He laid hands on the sick. We know that. But he was, he was the difference everywhere he went. He was the difference. He was, he was not victim to the, the headlines going around. Man, he was making headlines. He was above all of that. And God wants Christians in this, in this world to not be like children tossed to and fro, but to grow up. And so my cry in my heart is, Lord, can we hear the, the, the call of God today that says, son, daughter, it's time to grow. It's time to grow up. It's time to grow up. It's time to advance in, in word and to, to really lay hold of your inheritance. That's what um, Mark, no, Acts says, that the word will build you up. It's going to build you up. I love, the, I love these old guys that preach. Smith Wigglesworth, love, love his stuff. Um, he, he would preach this message a lot harder. He would start saying, oh, you backsliders. You bunch of backsliders, you. You say, if you're on the same level of Christianity as what you are, as what you were when you were, as what you were yesterday, then you've backslidden. You've been called to grow. You've been called to, to grow up. Don't stay stagnant. Okay. All right. I just do it with a smile on my face or whatever, but he would shout. And sometimes you need to hear a strong word because there is a demand on your life for more. Oh, man, I'm telling you, the enemy loves mediocre Christians that just stay stagnant. That put, we put our faith in our insurance companies and in our policies. We need our faith to be in Christ and the demand to be even more on our lives. Come on, we need to be solutions in this world, this business, what you do. Thank you, Laratu. Yeah, it's for me as well. It's for me. It's for all of us. But if we if we accept the call, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna see it. And it's not tomorrow. We can have it today. We can have it now. Let's go to um, Acts. I didn't read finish Acts. I love how the book of Acts is not called the book of talks, hey? I think today we can write a lot of books, books of talks. Acts is action. The church acts, acted. It did something. Okay, so I want you to think about this. Just imagine, use your imagination. It sounds a little bit ir ironic, but what do you think the church will accomplish when they begin to believe? But we are believers. No, I know. You believe in Jesus as your Lord and Savior. But what about His words when we begin to believe? Things like, the works that I do, you will do. Because I, I know the unbelief in my heart when I hear that. Come on, I know when I hear, oh, and especially when Jesus says greater works, I'm like, oh gosh. Oh gosh. I don't know if I want to hear that or if I'm ready there. But what do you think will happen in the church all over 
when Christians begin to believe. The, the disciples could not drive out a, 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 or let's, a devil or cure someone who was suffering from epilepsy. Jesus said because of their unbelief. What will happen when a church begins to believe? Wow. Wow. Just something cool that I saw that it's, that's worth um, reading. What did I say? Acts chapter, um, excuse me, Acts chapter 13. Ach, 12, excuse me. I'm reading from a different Bible. So when I, when I jump forth up and down, it's because I'm programmed to read the same chapter because I use a parallel Bible. So when it's written, yeah, I usually jump back in a chapter, but I'm going to send you back to 13. So forgive me. I know where it's written. I'm just, I'm just reading out of a different Bible. So the story goes, um, the disciples get together and they send, they choose Barnabas and a name, a guy named Saul. Okay. You guys know who Saul is. They choose these two guys and they send them to go preach. And there's this magician that's like harassing them. Verse 6, Acts 13, verse 6. When they had crossed over the whole island, as far as that island, they found, <laughs> they found a magician, a Jewish false prophet named Bar-Jesus, who was with um, Sergius Paulus, an intelligent man. Um, and they summoned Barnabas and Saul and wanted to hear the word of God. But the magician Elamus, for what, excuse me, Lord, what's going on with my English? For that is the way his name is translated, opposed them, trying to turn away from the faith. But Saul, also known as Paul, filled with the Holy Spirit, stared straight at him. Now that is such an interesting piece of scripture, because right there in that transition, Saul is never known as Saul again, but from there he's known as Paul. Never ever referred to as Paul, but what it says there, Saul known as Paul, filled with the Holy Spirit. Come on. Saul, filled with the Holy Spirit, becomes Paul. Becomes another man. Steps into something. He's stripped from his identity of what he was. And he steps into something new because he is filled with the Holy Spirit. He's filled with the Holy Spirit. Man, when the, when the spirit, when the Christians and the believers are filled with the Holy Spirit, they look like something else. Something else is different. If you don't know what it looks like to be filled with the Holy Spirit, yeah, the first thing that happens is you start speaking. You start standing up for things. These guys would give their lives. They would die. They would be prepared to die for their faith. Oh God, at this stage... I'm not going to make a statement like I will be prepared to die. I don't know, given the, the situation, what I do. I'd like to believe that, Lord, I will give my life. 
But the point is that when the Holy Spirit comes over you, you use something else, man. You're not the same. You're not the same. And Christians all over the world, we need some backbone. We need to be able to stand up for what we believe in. We need to be able to say no to the wrong when the world is introducing so much rubbish to our children, so much uh, things going into our school system, and we watch and we don't do anything about it apart from complain on social media. There's got to be something more that we can begin to do, and I'm telling you what's going to happen is what's going to feel it is if you're filled with the Holy Spirit, and we can begin to change things. Amen? Wow. Thank you, Jesus. I love it. Okay, so I want you to, I want you to imagine what, what that looks like in your life. I'm asking you to, to get to a point where you will not settle for a watered-down gospel, for, for a lukewarm Christianity, that you will not settle for something like that, but that you'll push for a higher life. Come on, contend for the higher life. Uh, I remember uh, as a kid or, or new, newborn Christian, I was at high, in high school, you guys know the story, and there was a fight at school, and the guy that got beat up and the guy that got beaten, I went to them and said, hey, can I pray for you, <laughs> please? He said, why? So I said, if I pray for you, the pain will go away. It's like, okay. They made a joke out of me. But I prayed for them, and their pain disappeared. Okay, it was two colored guys, I'll never, never forget. Tough guys. They went red, red, red from when, the, when they got healed. And I thought that was normal. I went to my pastor at that time, and said, I prayed for these guys, and they got healed. And he was like, wow, that's so amazing. Like, God can use a young man like that. I was like, doesn't he use you like that? No. Because we've, we've become clever and smart. We've got a hundred reasons not to believe. And preaching to myself, if I give an altar call today, I'm putting my hand up and I'm going to come stand. I'm going to anoint myself. Say, Lord Jesus, get all the unbelief and all this rubbish out of me. Let me contend and believe for a higher life. Amen? Come on, for you. Contend and believe for a higher life. So by the time we begin to sing... Who else can walk on the water? I can, I can, I can. And who else can heal the sick and the lepers? I can, I can. Because Jesus said you can. You can. Listen to me. You can do it. The, the old story of, um, uh, what's that guy? They made a comedy, Napoleon. It's not this, it's, that's how I remember the name. Napoleon, the, the general, one time he was battling with his horse. He was struggling to get his horse under control. And just a normal soldier grabbed the horse, got it under control. Napoleon got onto his, onto his horse and Napoleon looked at him and said, Thank you, Captain. He wasn't a captain, but Napoleon said he was captain. So from that day on, he went on into the, um, into the ranks and he said, I'm captain. And they said, no, you're not. He said, Napoleon said, I'm captain. I'm captain. And because he said it, he wasn't. If he, Jesus said that you can do all things, then you can 
do all things. And you can achieve anything through, through, um, through him, you know, how the verse goes, who gives you strength. <laughs> you can do all things. I think I can. I know I can. I can. I can. The kingdom of God comes in a can. You can do all things. You can. And I, I think that's a powerful choice. Um, we saw a big difference in our prayer meetings lately. Monday night, I don't know, Leon is Leon here? Yeah. Leon is not here. Yeah. But, uh, but there was a little Ninka walking around, praying. Little 11 years old, 10 years old. Kids praying. Let's change this thing. Uh, you're going to be coming to church Sundays after Sundays after Sundays. Or you can just get in gear, become the expression of who you are in Christ and who Christ is in you, and, and believe. Do I have to read more scriptures to try and emphasize my point? That we need to change, and we need to grow up, and there is more. And if, okay, let's, let's close, let's close. I will close. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Just give you a yes to Jesus. It's like you guys got engaged now. I always think of, think of the, the first time you hear, you say, yes, Jesus, I will, I will marry you. I will. And you imagine this life, but there's another yes that comes. That yes on the wedding, you say, yeah, I'm all in. And sometimes you need... I think that's the second altar call. <laughs> and that yes counts. Amen. That, that yes counts. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. <laughs> All right. Do you accept Jesus <laughs> as your Lord and Savior? Okay. All right. Let's, let's quickly read this. John chapter 14. All right. Verse 8. Philip said, Lord, show us the Father and we will be content. Jesus replied, have I been with you for so long and you have not known me, Philip? The person who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words that I say to you, I do not speak on my own initiative. But the Father residing in me performs his miraculous deeds. Believe me that I am in the Father. And the Father is in me. But if you do not believe me, believe me for these, these miracles. I tell you the solemn truth. The person who believes in me will perform the miraculous deeds that I'm doing. 
and will perform greater deeds than these because I'm going to the Father. And if we, if we can hear these words and just understand, you can cry, Jesus help, Jesus save, Jesus free me forever, but, and there's a, there's a place for that. But there is a place where we as Christians begin to take our responsibility as, hey Lord, you've called us to perform, to do the things that you do. Um, I want that. I want that. And it's not you're going to perform and try and compete with Jesus. You can't do anything without Him. He'll do it through you. <laughs> he will do it through you. And uh, you will see greater things. That's what He said to Nathaniel. Nathaniel. Jesus gave Nathaniel a word of knowledge. He says, I saw you when you were under the tree. And Nathaniel was blown away. And Jesus said, you will see greater things. The greatest things that you've seen in your life will soon not be the greatest things. He's calling you to greater and to higher. I'm speaking to people now who have been serving God for 20 years. Maybe, maybe you think you've seen it all. I'm putting a demand on your faith right now to, to believe, to cut off that limit, to break that glass ceiling, to, to come out of the place where you've sat and, and defined what Christianity is. And say, Lord... You didn't call me to, to watch my pastor prophesy. You've called me to express you. Show me what that looks like. I want it. I'm, I'm talking to every Christian, every believer, to push for, for a higher life. Father, right now, everyone, Lord, everyone hearing this word, whether online or in this place, thank you, Father, that, that your word comes often and to the logic, to the logical mind, it can come across as foolishness. Because we know how the world works. We know how gravity works. We know, we know how systems work and principles are. And Lord, you're greater and you are higher in principles. And your word supersedes all laws, all, all principles, everything that you put in place from the foundations of the world. Lord, your word is even higher. And when you call us, to you when you call us into mature Christianity into mature manhood Lord I want you to just show each one what that looks like in their life so that I don't define it that there'll be that there'll be room right now to change to shift make adjustments in their hearts and uh, that that you can fuel their faith or give them faith to believe for more I'm praying for our doctors in this, in this uh, church this morning. Our doctors that, that you've gifted with knowledge and, and wisdom on how to help and assist and, and aid. But Lord, that you'll, that you'll also make the adjustment in their hearts to see the miraculous as well. Lord, that, that supernaturally, that miracles will happen. And that the disappointments that they've experienced in the past will be washed away. That they will believe that they can save even more people when it comes to when it comes to emergencies or whatever. That yeah, we thank you, Father. Thank you, Father, for the counselors. Thank you for the teachers. Thank you for the lawyers uh, that will operate in divine wisdom 
that will have a renewed mind and a renewed approach on God's on the way that you would do it um, and that like yeah that that justice will prevail but there'll be such creative ideas and like your word says a better way a better way a better way um, manifested in wisdom yeah with that we thank you father for um, that you want to reveal your splendor on us oaks of righteousness <laughs> um, like trees planted by by the rivers and so with that I pray for our personal lives in our personal ventures in in what we do in our own careers that we'll really experience prosperity creativity that Lord you'll make ways open for us where there is no way, like you say, ways in the water, rivers in the, in the desert, that today is a day where we can shift our, move our hearts or, or take the veil of unbelief off of our hearts so our hearts can be illuminated with the glory that is coming from the face of Jesus, that we can look into the face of Christ right now and that we'll be filled with faith, with the, with the hope, to which you've called us. Oh, that we can be aware of the fact that right now, Christ is seated at the right hand, far above <laughs> all principalities, powers, names that can be named, not only in this age, but in the age to come, that you are greater, that you are higher, and that we seat, we are seated in you. We are co-heirs with you. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. I pray for faith. Faith. Fuel their faith. Fuel their faith with love and grace. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. We thank you, Father. Amen. Amen. Well, I trust that message blessed you. Please feel free to contact us for any prayer requests or feedback. We would love to connect with you. You can follow the Word Church Kimberly on any social media platform and become a part of our online community. Be blessed.